To the ambitious new manager, the big question is this. What does it take to be a great manager? Well, great managers know how to motivate and build a great team. Great managers know how to win trust and respect, make an impact and achieve their goals. And great managers get promoted again and again, and they make more money because of it. So how do managers like you, who are bootstrapping your own careers, join their club? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Michael Barrell, and welcome to Making a Manager. This is the most important management lesson that I was ever taught, and it wasn't even taught to me during business school. Once I'd had enough of nursing and healthcare for a few years, I became a lawyer. And during my Juris Doctor, whilst I was training, I was working at a mid-tier commercial law firm. And all I wanted to do was to impress my seniors by getting every aspect of every task assigned to me done right. And so on a freezing, cold Melbourne winter's day, well over a decade ago now, I found myself stuck in the back corner of the firm's printer room doing the painstaking, soul-crushingly boring chore of document review for some obscure property law matter, whilst the rest of the team I was working under were busy discussing the ins and outs of a new police brutality matter, with the firm I was with acting for the police. The police brutality matter was controversial, it had a lot of media coverage, and a multitude of statements had already been given by folks from the higher echelons of government. Now, I was just a lowly paralegal at the time, hence my being sent off to do the boring discovery work for an even more boring property law matter. But I was keen to get my hands dirty with some spicier, more political stuff. And a nasty case of police brutality fit that bill exactly. So after I'd finished my document discovery work and barely managing to stay awake throughout, I convinced a partner at the firm, we'll call him Jack, to let me tag along for the first round of interviews with some of the senior police. So Jack tasked me with the job of recording the interviews and taking notes and then taking those recordings and notes back to the office for a quick edit before handing them over to him. Yep, a pretty easy job, but I was ecstatic. Here I was getting the chance to see how a seasoned lawyer interviews some of the big wigs and all I had to do in return was to record the thing. We interviewed one superintendent, two inspectors and a sergeant, enough to keep me plenty busy with recordings back at the office that afternoon. Once we were done, Jack asked if I could send over the superintendent's recording straight away. I played all the recordings, start to finish, again and again and again. And to my dismay, properly followed by sheer terror, three of the four recordings weren't there. Either I'd taped over them, or I didn't press record properly, I'm still not sure. And then, all the thoughts that you can imagine came flooding in. I'm an imposter, and they've finally found me out. Was I going to get yelled at in front of the entire office? Was this going to cost me my paralegal job? which was hard enough to get in the first place, and which at the time I was pretty certain would be critical in landing my first lawyer job out of law school. I went pale, my collar went tight, my palms went soggy. How on earth was I going to face Jack, who started the day putting his trust in me and going out of his way to give me a chance to develop my own skills? So there I was, sitting at my tiny desk, wishing to be anywhere but there, when Jack walked over to follow up on his request for the first recording. I broke down, embarrassed, sorry, telling him that I'd royally fucked up. The recordings aren't there, I said. I think I taped over it. 
and Jack, still standing over me with three decades of experience in the law, took what seemed to be the longest breath I've ever witnessed and then calmly asked me to follow him to his office. I felt like I was back at school being led past the rest of the class to the principal's office after getting caught throwing sand in another kid's eye. So once we got there, one of the biggest offices I've ever seen, mind you, Jack got me a glass of water and sat down and looked at me dead in the eye. Waving his arms around like he was explaining an exhibit at some museum, he asked me if I liked working there. I said yes. He asked me if I wanted to keep working there. I said yes. He asked me if I, one day, wanted to make my way into the firm's partnership. I said yes. And he said, good. Good, I said back. My mistake has completely wasted your morning of interviews. He nodded in agreement whilst letting out the tiniest hint of a smile. We all make mistakes, he said, but the clever ones among us learn from them, right? I looked back at Jack shocked. I'd ruined his day and in return he'd given me a lesson so important that I still carry it to this day. That, like it or not, mistakes are going to happen. What ultimately determines our success or failure is what we can learn from those mistakes. It was through this experience and over the time that Jack was generous enough to mentor me that years later, despite me ultimately deciding that I didn't want a career in the law, skills were taught that guided me as I began managing my own people. Anyway, that was a slightly long-winded way of me saying to you the following. Ramping up the pressure for your own people to deliver and simultaneously not leaving any room for mistakes or error will only result in more and bigger mistakes being made and turn your people into uncertain and undependable people. So if Jack had not forgiven me and instead decided to make me even more sorry for the misstep that I had taken, I would have found myself in a disastrous pickle. Not only would I have probably lost all the confidence, I would have thrown away my ambitions for my job at the firm. Your own people have likely made plenty of mistakes too. They're probably making mistakes right now, and I guarantee that they'll continue to make mistakes into the future, just like you. So, where you can, try easing their embarrassment a little and give them some guidance, reassurance, and then the space to learn from those mistakes. Allow your people to grow and develop themselves instead of living in a toxic environment driven by the fear of mistakes that, ultimately crushes any will to make a blunder, learn from it, and to do better next time. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, go to makingamanager.com. That's makingamanager.com. On that webpage, you'll see that I'm giving away my complete employee feedback swipe file. No, this isn't some kind of clearance of old stuff that's no good. This is a swag of full-fledged, really helpful, evidence-based rules and tactics built specifically for managers like you who want to become more persuasive and effective at giving feedback and having difficult conversations with your employees. Download and copy these plug-and-play templates in the order that I deliver them to you, and I sincerely believe that if you implement what I share with you, then this year will be fantastic. Again, it's completely free. There are no tricks to this offer, by the way. Go to makingamanager.com and get it while the getting's good. And that's a wrap. Now go on, get out there and kick some ass, stay awesome, and thanks for listening.